Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. It's a Friday night here on Drive Time, and time to have a look, one last look at the markets for the last <laughs> trading day of the week for us here in Asia. Tian Tian? Right. So here's a quick recap of how we started the day. Singapore shares rose today following gains in the US. The Straits Times index was up 0.3% to 3,244 points in early trade. Some 216 million securities changed hands. Now, let's take a look at the closing numbers. Uh, the STI closed down though 0.09% in the red at 3,232 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.21 billion Sing dollars. Now gain is outnumbered losers 282 versus 230. Top advances for today, JMH USD, SGX and Shangri-La Hong Kong dollars. And top decliners, Jardine Cycle and Carriage, Venture Corp and DFI Retail Group US dollars. Now some notable names seeing new developments uh, include Jardin Matheson, which announced a 5% year-on-year increase in underlying net profit to 1.6 billion US dollars for FY 2022 yesterday. Now we are also tracking property group Hong Kong Land, which reported uh, yesterday as well a fall in underlying earnings by 20% on year to 766 million US dollars for FY 2022. Now much to watch and joining us on the Friday evening, as always, as we break down the key market movements is Benjamin Go, head of research and investor education. Sias or oh Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you guys? Great, and can't wait to go off our weekend. <laughs> but well, <laughs> Ben, thanks for joining us at this time. And let's start with the sure. usuals. How did the STI fare for the week? Well, the STI index is down about 1.5% for the week. Uh, it is continuing its downtrend from its mm. peak at the end of January. Um, so to be sure, this month-long downtrend is not unique to the Singapore market. So we, if you look at the CSI 300, the Hang Seng Index, as well as the S&P 500, all those indices also exhibit similar risk-off sentiments. Mm. Um, if you look at this week alone, the Chinese market, the China as well as the Hong Kong stock markets actually had a better week this week. Uh, both markets turned, positive, turned in positive returns. Um, the S&P 500 may actually be following suit depending on how it performs tonight. So it's a little bit flat, but it could also, also end up in positive ter- uh, territory for the end of the week. Um, all in all, stock prices and valuations continue to come down, which is actually not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. Were you, uh, Benjamin, surprised with mm-hmm. uh, the biggest movers today? Well, I think a little bit of a surprise was Thai beverage is up on a percentage basis, 2.34%. I think this is largely on the back of uh, successfully raising 9.26 billion Thai baht via debt at a quite a low rate of 3, 3% uh, coupon rate. Yeah. So the other companies which locked in more than a 1% stock price advance included Sambong Corporation, Jardin Medicine, as you had mentioned just now, as well as SGX. Uh, they were up. 2.2%, 1.8%, as well as 1.27%, respectively. Uh, interestingly, only OCBC is up to date with uh, profit taking, bringing down UOB as well as DBS uh, for a decline of 0.37% and mm. 0.15%, respectively. Uh, the biggest decline today was DFI Retail Group, down 5.25%, and I think we're going to be talking about it later. Uh, Hong Kong Land is down 2.16%. Uh, both of these companies reported their most recent financial performance yesterday. Yeah, so speaking of financial performance, I want to zoom in on 
that uh, Jardine Matheson, 5% mm-hmm. increase in underlying net profit to 1.6 billion US dollars for FY 2022. But that mm-hmm. said, underlying, we are seeing an increase, but net profit for the period down 81% from the previous year. Why is this mm. the case and what was not considered in the underlying net profit figures? Sure. So the main difference between underlying net profit and uh, net profit is actually non-trading items. Now, uh, under the Singapore context, this will be one of exceptional uh, exceptional items, uh, such mm. as write-downs from asset impairment, changes in fair value assets. Uh, so in general, what this means is that from an accounting perspective, the assets of the company are not worth as much as it was previously reported. Mm. Uh, specifically, in the case of Jardine Medicine, the company reported $913 million reduction in the fair value of its investment, uh, investment properties and other investments. Uh, as well as a $345 million um, reduction in, um, or rather in asset impairment, right? So from the preliminary financial statements published by the company, uh, Jelly Madison had contracted an external independent valuer, uh, mm-hmm. which reviewed the company's properties in Hong Kong, mainland China, Singapore, Vietnam, as well as Cambodia. Uh, so the external contractor basically uh, used standard industry valuations to revalue all the properties and came back with, a, uh, unfortunately, a lower number. Mm. Now, just want to point out that the revaluation of a company's assets, whether it's up or down, it's, it's common actually because yeah. it occurs from time to time and accounting-wise, they have to do it. Yes. Um, yes, but specifically for companies which have a lot of fixed assets like property development companies mm. such as Jenny Medicine. Um, so this might actually represent a little bit more of a risk mm. uh, because given the ongoing uh, challenges in global um, growth so and so forth, um, if they do a revaluation now because of uh, you know, accounting requirements, mm-hmm. uh, there's a little bit more of a downside risk there. So it's more of a, a paper paper gain or loss in a way, right? In a way, yes, unless the roof collapses, but I don't think mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah, if you are just tuning in, we're now speaking to Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at Sias. Well, uh, Ben, speaking of underlying profits... Hong Kong Land also announced uh, announced a fall in underlying profits, underlying earnings by twenty percent to uh, seven hundred and sixty six million US dollars for FY twenty twenty two. But the group was uh, in the black with a net profit of two hundred and three million US dollars. Again, how should we be reading into the numbers? So interestingly, Jardin Medicine actually owns slightly more than fifty percent of Hong Kong Land, uh, and it was actually quite interesting to see how the two, the two companies have performed. So compared to its parent, Johnny Medicine, Hong Kong Land has got a different set of challenges. So as you have mentioned, the underlying profit is down, but its net profit was up. Now the decline in underlying profit was mainly driven by fewer sales completions, as well mm. as lower profit margins in mainland China. Um, so the ongoing challenges of the property market in mainland China is uh, well known. Uh, they're still not out of woods. So it is really not that surprising that this has become a drag on Hong Kong land's underlying profit. Uh, if you look at, apart from, so apart from that, we can also see lower profit contribution from Singapore. Uh, and this is because, although the company has got various projects underway, uh, and all these projects are at different mm. points of construction, uh, again, from an accounting perspective, the company can only book in a profit or the full value of the property at stages, right? So when construction is largely complete, like 100% complete, then they can book in the full value of the, uh, of the property. So again, it's a matter of timing. So over time, mm. as construction progresses, they will add more and more value to the portfolio of the company. So a matter of time. 
Yeah. Um, so all in, I would say that the Hong Kong lens results are not too surprising, but there could also be downside risks mm. coming from possible further negative rental reversion in the company's Hong Kong property. So i.e. Uh, they, mm. they may have to contend with lower rental income once their current tenants um, you know, finish the lease. Right, and from property, I want to uh, well segue to the people filling up the fridges in mm. our homes. Well, Ben, DFI Retail Group uh, reporting there a seventy-two percent on-year fall in underlying earnings to twenty-nine million US dollars for FY twenty twenty-two. How concerned mm. or how worried should we be given that the loss was actually partly driven by again impairment loss due to its investment mm. in Robinsons Retail? Oh, sure. So there are two parts of the story here. So as you had mentioned, underlying profit was down 72%. Uh, this is, so when we talk about underlying profit, so, so we're talking about really the operating part of the business, right? So the BAU business as usual. So this was down 72%, really because revenue compared to one year ago was down $14 million, mm. while net operating cost was up $91 million. So as you can see, the gross margins have shrunk quite a fair bit. So the company has cited inflationary pressures, uh, customer behavioral shifts driven by the pandemic. So specifically, they are talking about the easing of um, movement restrictions, which led to the reduction in eating at home. So, mm. uh, you know, just think of this as part and parcel of uh, revenge shopping. So mm. during the lockdown, we all had to eat home-cooked food. After mm. lockdown, you know, people would rather be eating out at Tongue Signatures <laughs> or Colony at Ritz-Carlton. So it's it's part of that trend. You're talking about all uh, expensive food here, I Ben. <laughs> well, this is really, really revenge shopping. Very severe case of revenge shopping, yeah. And mm. uh, and the second part is, as you mentioned, the impairment loss of $170.8 million uh, mm. related to Robinson's retail. Uh, so again, accounting-wise, this is really a write-down, not on the property itself, but really on DFI's uh, equity stake mm. in Robinson's retail. Mm. Uh, and again, this is, I would say, indicative of the continuing challenges of retail post-pandemic. Mm. Uh, so you look at what's been happening in terms of inflation, uh, consumption as well as where we are in the business cycle. So retail yeah. space is certainly very challenging these days. Yeah, so not too much of a surprise though. La. So, um, mm. well, Ben, let's take a look at some of the headlines around the world. And it seems like a U.S. Atlanta Fed chief, Rafael Bostic, he said he favoured a smaller 25 basis point rate increase at the March mm-hmm. meeting. He hinted at a possible pause in the Fed's tightening cycle in summer to sort of assess the impact of earlier hikes on inflation. What are your thoughts? Do you agree with that? Well, the, if, if the Fed actually does indeed take a pause on further interest rate hikes, uh, I would say that that would suggest uh, that the Fed wants to give it time for the already high interest rates to uh, attempt to slow down inflation mm. without tipping the U.S. economy into a major recession. Um, now, just by looking at the consensus uh, analyst estimates, the base case is that there is a 60% probability of a U.S. recession in the second half of uh, second half of this year, actually, mm. um, 2023. So, but uh, just want to point out that this is not inevitable. Uh, but if you look at the, you know, look at the numbers, look at the economic side of things, it is actually very hard to bring inflation down without dragging growth down as well. Um, now, if the, re- if the U.S. recession does come to pass, obviously you will impact Singapore as well, but uh, it is not the end of the world. So if you look at it from a historical perspective, apart from the COVID pandemic, which was not driven by economics or financials, 
Uh, the last, uh, inverted commas, good recession that we had in the U.S. was actually uh, 2009-2010, the mm. great financial crisis. So, you know, the business cycle lasts between 8 to 12 years, so it's about time. So every business cycle must come to an end to give way to a new cycle. So mm. I think it's best to get on with it, clean the slate, begin the world anew. Okay, so whatever comes up must go down and whatever that goes down must come up. So thanks very much, Ben. That was Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at CS. Have a great weekend ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.